0: Big drive energy Wednesday. It's a remote show today. Mitch is traveling. We're gonna talk about this man right here, Anthony Kim, making his return to professional golf on the Live Tour Jeddah in this in Saudi Arabia this weekend. No shock there. Uh, Taylor Gooch also had some interesting comments regarding the Masters. Rory McIlroy. We're gonna discuss the match. And we're also going to talk about Ronald Rugamayo's return back to Uganda. Pretty cool scene there for the first Ugandan player to ever make the cut. Also have, as we do every single Wednesday, a fairway or four. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs>
1: That true? Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed.
0: How's it going, brother? All the way What's across up, the dude? country again, um, playing golf in Charleston. How yep. that? How how's the little mini start of the trip been since I saw you? Um,
1: the golf has been good. Uh, well, so we played yesterday at Stono Ferry, which is our buddy Oliver's home course. Um, very tough track, uh, a lot of fun, but it's it's a grind, especially for not having played golf in uh, a while. So, uh, it was a it was a good time. I mean, I could have played better. I could have played worse. Um, I'm going to be posting some TikToks and some content that we made. So we played with Oliver's buddy. His name is Jacques Wilson, and he's a very good player. Uh, he's like, so he actually played in the Barstool Classic last year. I think he won. I think he won the Barstool Classic. I think they won it, um, him and his teammate. He 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 said he was like a plus 6.8 um, at one point when he was playing in the Barstool Classic. So the dude can just move it. He hits it a long way and he's just really doesn't have any holes in his game. Like I, I really didn't think too much about his round yesterday. And I think he bogey the last hole to shoot two under on a day that, you know, I think I probably shot about 80 and I think Oliver probably shot about 78 or 80. Like it it was blowing 20, 30 miles an hour. Um, And he just ho hum two under par, like, very, very tough day. So yeah, it was a lot of fun play with them. But I want to I want to talk a little bit real quick, we need to discuss some things because I was blowing up your phone about my Uber ride to the airport yesterday. Or was it? Yes. Yeah, just yesterday morning. Or no, no, it was Monday
0: morning, Monday morning. God, I was I like, came. fuck, if that's only yesterday, then this world is going by fucking too slow. <laughs>
1: well, dude, I, I don't know what day it is anymore. Um, But I was texting you about my Uber driver. And this dude so first of all a couple things uh the uber driver was like the slowest uber driver i've ever had in my entire life um he i've never seen somebody want to follow further behind every single car than he and he was like sitting in the fast lane and i would see a car like he he was legitimately following 15 car lengths behind and when they would break up there he would break every single time i'm like what are we doing here bro and and in the middle of my uber ride out to the airport because i usually leave you know i think i left an hour like two i left the house two hours before my flight with the intention of getting there about an hour and a half an hour 20 beforehand um i get a text from dia in the middle of my uber ride that Security lines are extremely long and to allow more time at the airport and to get there early. I'm like, you text me literally two hours before my flight saying I need to get there earlier. Like it's already too late. You
0: that's know, that's gotta mean? be just a bad, like such a bad scenario when you're sitting in the Uber. <laughs> You've already called it. There's no there's no going back, there's no going faster. You're not going to talk to this dude and be like, Hey, I wish you would speed it up a little bit. My, there security lines are long. You're just trapped. Nothing but trapped right there.
1: Oh dude. So I started to like go on (laughs) tilt a little bit. I started to fly off the handle, like in my own brain, obviously I'm not going to be a dick to the Uber driver, but in my own head, I was, I just started to panic a little bit. So then I get to the airport and have you, have you been to the new security DIA? Mm
0: yes i think i think i it's went the new through like west security west uh never eat soggy waffles <laughs> i no i i don't know i don't know if i've been through the full new security i do know no it wasn't a dia there was somewhere where i went through one of the body scanners where it was very new compared to like the ones that trap you all the way in like it was definitely new technology but i think that was in las vegas i'm not entirely sure
1: (laughs) okay well so the new west security legitimately is and it actually seems very efficient like once they figure it out but i'm not kidding you when i say that um it was so bad so i i get dropped off at west security the line looks crazy long so then i so i'm tsa pre-check and clear so i was like there's got to be a shorter line somewhere else because like north security is closed right now so only west and south are open so then i walk over to the south security and the line is legitimately wrapping you know those restaurants on the side like where you're walking the line is past the restaurants like going towards like the middle of the airport, it was probably two hundred and fifty to three hundred people long, and I start like shitting myself because I'm like I my flight's in an hour and twenty minutes, and so then I go back up to the west security, and the line is probably five to six hundred people long for pre-check and clear. Um, I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? I was panicking. I was like, I. I had almost kind of come to terms with just the fact that I was going to miss my flight. I was like, this is not going to happen. Luckily the line moved like, it was so weird because it was like a line of probably 600 people, but we never stopped moving. Like we started, we we probably walked like a quarter mile just back and forth. Like, you know how they have the rows of um, shit that you organize people with uh, the, the, ropes and shit. we were just walking through lines of ropes for like 15 to 20 minutes straight just to get ultimately to security so i ended up making it through thank god and i got to the gate like 10 minutes before we were boarding um but that was stressful that was a nightmare and then landing the plane uh was also a little stressful it was not the smoothest ride in the world because i think we were heading straight into the wind and there was a few times when you know when you feel like your stomach drop, like when the plane like drops quickly with like the wind and shit. Dude, happened me every time. Oh dude. It, I honestly don't, I don't really think twice about flying until I have like a rough flight. And then I'm like, I understand why people don't like doing this shit because your life is in the hands of some random pilot up there and you are 30 feet, 30,000 feet in the air. like, there's and it's funny because everyone you know there's a stat that says flying is safer than driving which is technically true but when you drive and and you get in an accident there's a million scenarios where you don't die when you are flying and you get into an accident there's zero scenarios where you you're not dead (laughs) like the if if the barely but yeah everybody yeah everybody's dying. So that definitely flashed through my head a time or two on the flight out. Um,
0: Dude, there's nothing worse than that when you're in the plane and all of a sudden you're, you just start second guessing everything. Once again, just like the Uber where you're trying to get to the airport earlier and have no choice to in the plane, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you can be like some of the psychos we've seen on the news the last couple of weeks and just try to exert yourself out the exit door or do whatever but yes. it's uh it's it's a trapped feeling and there's nothing you can do about it,
1: it exactly and then uh my so I, I buy the wi-fi on almost every flight and i'm so sick of united's bullshit like they say it, i pay eight dollars for the wi-fi it says you have streaming it says you have all this i can't even load a fucking podcast on my phone i couldn't load anything that i didn't already have downloaded i'm like why did i buy this wi-fi if I'm not going to be able to use it for anything, so I was just pissed off kind of the entire flight. Luckily, it went by pretty quick. Landing was a little rough, but then uh just got back to Oliver's house the other night. We grilled out, had some drinks, of course, stayed up a little too late, and then played golf yesterday at like one one fifteen or so. And it it is so we're playing golf t- again today at like one fifteen. And I think it is probably my favorite tea time out of all tea times. Like it is, you can wake up, do whatever you need to do in the morning. Like Oliver's working a little bit. I'm doing the pod. You can shower, you can have some food and you can get to the course and like an hour early warm up a little bit, hit some balls, hit some putts. And then you're still done golfing by like five six o'clock. And I think that is probably well we discussed this afternoon is like my least favorite time of day especially when like it's kind of dragging on it's monotonous so filling my afternoon with golf is the perfect thing because i hate playing golf in the morning and being done by like noon and then what do you do with the rest of your day you're tired you don't want to do anything i would rather finish my day with golf than start it with golf
0: yeah it definitely now that you put it in that light i think it's definitely more of because after it's it always amazed me the guys now granted all the retired guys that would come out and play at the course they're playing at eight nine ten o'clock then having a few afternoon beers then probably going home and taking a nap before they they eat dinner yeah Uh, but in in the real world when you're not retired you can't just be waking up at you know, 8 a.m. going and playing golf, coming home at noon, one o'clock, and then not doing anything the rest of the day. I mean, on your day off, yes, of course, but just overall, that's not a realistic thing. So one fifteen is great. I guess we have to kind of preface it with the time of the year. Like what time does the sun go down there right now?
1: Um, I think it's around six o'clock, but overall, it was just the perfect tea time, the perfect day.
0: Yeah, dude, the afternoon is is quite the time to be able to play golf. Uh, I enjoy a little bit later in the day, I would say, but that's also with the caveat when it's if it's a summer day and it's light till almost nine o'clock, I think a three o'clocker is perfect for me because then it feels like I can get enough of a day in at work and still go play golf. And then I'm done around seven, a little late dinner, but it's still light out. And even though I i will never condone i think it's just the the course pro in me i will never condone the fighting the last few holes bringing the carts in at dark like it's fine i actually enjoy it if if we're walking i think we did that well maybe did we do that at city park once where we were walking but we were like one of the last people in
1: we were the last group to finish 18 (coughs) but we were walking yes
0: yeah that part doesn't bother me but when we have carts we have motor carts. That's what my uh, that's what my, uh, Inverness calls them, by the way. Like when you sign up for a tea time, they call them motor carts because I guess that, fuck? you know, they've got push carts and I, I guess they really want to differentiate the difference between a cart that drives and a cart that you push with your body and doesn't have a any sort of engine to it. But I like to take my motor cart, <laughs> but I don't like to be the last one in with the motor cart.
1: Are you positive that they don't have like push carts that have motors in them? Could that well, be what there's only is, two options. You know they're talking about a golf cart.
0: Yeah, because there's no there's no other option. There's push PC and MC when you when you add to the tee time, and that's all oh, we okay. got. Okay,
1: huh? That's uh, yeah, that seems very British sounding.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I um, like to take Motocot, but I like to be in around seven. Then it's the perfect time to have a few more drinks or or eat outside on the patio and it's warm, and then be able to be done with the day. But yeah, I've never thought about it that way. In terms of, I lo- I do love playing golf in the morning because morning golf. The first thing about it is the golf course is in the best shape it's been. It, it will be all day. Yeah. So that part is the the peak shape you're going to get is the dew sweeping first couple of tee times. Greens are freshly mown. The whole place is just seems serene and quiet. Because sometimes in the afternoon evenings. There's so many people crowding the course and everybody's like trying to get done that it almost seems like a fucking stacked up F1 race or something of everybody trying to get to the finish line before dark. But the morning, the quietness, usually it's a little chilly sometimes, which I don't particularly love. That's why I'm also that was that's one of my pros and cons that goes to the afternoon. But the golf course and the shape that the golf course is in at the end of the night isn't always the best so i think that's the only real downfall for me but we used to play so many morning rounds and then work afterwards those are days from hell and we're very first world problemsy saying shit like that like oh i got to go play free golf at my course and then work in the pro shop from one to nine and we can get into the depths of why that really is ass and and what sucked (laughs) about it but overall that's a first world problem still not near as good as banging out a little work in the, in the beginning of the day, getting off and then getting out off work and then going to the golf course.
1: Thank you for specifying what you're getting off of. Um, yeah, I would just much rather wake up early to get to work early to get out of work early and play golf, than wake up early to play golf to get to work late to stay at work late. Like, I think that is the most logical way to put that.
0: Yeah. If you, if you're playing morning golf, there's gotta be a nap guaranteed, guaranteed nap time in there, or else it's not, not going to happen.
1: I mean, we're not like the boomers that are built different. Like, do you remember one of our old members would literally be there at the golf course before we were there and he would go like walk nine or 18 holes. And then he would go, he's like, yeah, heading to work. I'm like, what is your deal, man? Like, do you fucking have an extra gear that I'm not aware of where you built differently? Because that is not something that sounds tantalizing to me whatsoever.
0: Well, I will say, uh, you know, you, you have a girlfriend. I'm very early into my marriage, but I think some point there gets to be a point where the dudes are like do not want to be around their home or their wives and i think that that extra gear kicks in very easily when you don't want to be around your wife you can go to the golf course then go straight to work i think that's i think that's part of it
1: that's very true well so this this is a funny story we used to have that group of like 12 older guys uh, out at spring valley and legitimately no matter what the weather was, they would all show up every day. Like they would show up if there were six inches of snow on the ground because, like you said, they wanted to get out of their house at all costs. They didn't care what the weather was. They didn't even play, plan on playing golf that day. They just wanted to get out of the house more than anything. So, yes, I think once you get older, that definitely contributes to it because a lot of these guys are like, I just want to go hang out with my boys and bullshit. Like, I, I don't want to sit at home and have my wife tell me a million things i need to do around the house i'm getting out of here so i get that like i don't blame them especially especially when you're retired like and you got nothing else to do i would just show up at the club too i mean you know f- have a cup of coffee bullshit with your your buddies and that's still a pretty darn good day
0: yeah exactly that's still better than a day sitting at home watching fucking probably price is right or oh yeah. family feud I, I although i hate game shows dude Hate game shows. Family Feud's the best of all of them for sure. No, it's the most cringy of all of them, but anyway. All right. Well, whatever. Let's talk a little bit about the return of Anthony Kim this week. uh Kind of, uh, it was, there was an interesting tweet yesterday that was like, the only thing that we haven't seen of Anthony Kim in the last Two to three weeks leading up to his return as a wild card. I love how they call him wild cards instead of free agents in at live. Just another, just another cl- touch of class there. A touch of excitement, not really class, but I don't know yeah. what else to call it. Uh, he will be competing as a wild card for the rest of the season, hoping to earn a team spot for 2025. But they haven't shown his face, and when you haven't seen somebody's face in 12 years. Like, I don't see my son's face for seven hours some days, and I feel like it changes. I can only imagine 12 years of being quote-unquote retired from the game of golf. So, And somebody was like, they tweeted, you know, you haven't seen Anthony Kim's face, and you're going to be shocked when you do, or something to that effect. And then he, like, got a bunch of responses from people that were like, what are you talking about? This is weird. What happened to him? Did he go out in a fire? And then he said... He's like, this tweet was way more ominous than it needed to be. It just meant that, you know, you hadn't seen his face. And he definitely does look older looking at some of the pictures that were posted today. But what are are you excited? What's your overall excitement level for the return of Anthony Kim? Because uh, I'll revisit some of his stats here in a little bit. But this guy was considered the next Tiger Woods. Tiger was still in his prime, but oh eight oh nine two thousand ten, 2010, right before he quote-unquote retired from the game of golf, this guy was the next, the chosen one. Yeah, so what... He was definitely the guy that was the the... You know, Tiger Woods had his issues, obviously, on and off the course. This guy was also a Nike guy, which was huge because he was going to be the next one to carry that Nike golf brand throughout. He had a couple of high finishes in the masters. He had a couple of top 10 finishes in open championships. Uh, It was just, he was the next one ready to win that major and ready to become the king of the world. And then kind of fell off. And he did mention, he said, there'll be a time when I'm ready to tell my story right now. I'm just ready to whoop some ass. So that kind of got me a little fired up.
1: Okay. So Anthony Kim, I, I think in my opinion, it's a little overhyped him coming back. I I almost think it's somewhat of a, a fairy tale that has been told for so long because uh, we haven't seen the dude play golf for over a decade. So it's really easy. It's it's a game of telephone. You, you remember playing that when we were little kids, where somebody tells you one thing, and then they tell it to the next person, the next person, and I honestly think that's kind of like what the Bible is. <laughs> I, hypothetically, I don't want to
0: i don't want to go into that deep um but it's just oh i see what you're saying the concept of the bible yes yeah oh okay that story story
1: told over and over again and it changed like the versions change every you know and it it becomes more grandiose with every single time that it's reset and i almost feel like that's what anthony kim's career was because he's just like a lot of kids our age uh rome (laughs) of empire um he everybody wonders what he could have been and that is something that you everybody goes through in life like you have a relationship and it probably went terribly but you're like god you just feel like it it had this potential to to be something or you know what when you played high school baseball and thought you were the fucking The man, and you're like, God, if I would have just played baseball and if I wouldn't have partied and just stuck with it, that's like Anthony Kim's career for a lot of these golf fans. So I honestly think his expectation is almost unrealistic that a lot of people have set for him because he hasn't played competitive golf in 12 years. And even if you're playing money games or whatever, it's still not playing on tour. Like it's going to take time to get your game back to that point. But I guarantee you, like I was talking to Jacques yesterday on the golf course and he goes, I'm going to watch live just to watch Anthony Kim play again. And I was like, that's probably going to be a lot of golf fans. So, and then there's also going to be a group of golf fans, like kids our age that just recently got into golf, like during COVID and they're like, who's this fucking Anthony Kim guy? Like, you know what I mean? It's there's definitely going to be two different groups of guys. Uh, and just fans, women, whoever, fans of golf that are like, Who's this Anthony Kim dude? And why is everybody like hyping him up like crazy? And that's when you gotta go back to the YouTube highlights and like I showed my girlfriend Anthony Kim YouTube highlights. <laughs> that's just the kind of uh he's like Tavon he's like the Tavon Austin of pro golf. Like you just feel like there was so much there and he never really reached what he was capable of, and you know, I mean what is he in his late 30s at this point, mid to late 30s. I don't think he's going to like peak again and compete at majors or anything. It's just more of a fun story and let's be real, that's what Live is looking for is a fun story, a good storyline, a reason to get eyeballs on their their tournaments. So,
0: well, he is the perfect Live player because as much as we do love Live, live love laugh, we also know what it is and what it needs to have for legitimacy and I think it's reached a point where yes rom coming over to the tour helped but overall its legitimacy is kind of peaked I think at this yeah. point and and unless the the tours somehow merge or the players somehow start playing against each other more in different sort of events majors is kind of what gives them legitimacy legitimately see still but the overall peak of live has is gonna is gonna be plateaued at some point. I don't know what the fuck is going on in my brain. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I haven't woken you, up yet.
1: But, but you have fucking two brain cells just rubbing together. Yeah, they're, start, they're starting. They're starting to fire right
0: now. All right, well, let me get back to real quick, Anthony Kim, and talk about just how good he was because he is the perfect live player. He's somebody that has taken the golf world by storm. I don't know how many players that haven't played in twelve years could just drop in and create a buzz from everyone not a live tour pga tour players former pga tour players the whole media everybody is in on the anthony kim story so he's a a true he's a true wild card
1: what he's a true wild card in multiple different ways like he's literally a wild card and he's figuratively a wild card on the live tour
0: yeah because he could easily shoot 90 but people are going to watch him shoot 90 and the live tour might be
1: 90 i think that the live
0: just needs to be canceled next week like they just Well dude they no because we watch enough look at the fucking guys that are out there come on jeda Jediah morgan there's there's your guy i'm going to fucking pick on him again he sounds he's horrible
1: i'm just saying he's not going to shoot 90 he might shoot <laughs> he and that's the other thing too i think obviously there's extremes on both sides because everyone's like oh he could be this good like he could shoot 65 he could shoot 90 and it's like guess what he's probably going to shoot around even par maybe a couple over par everybody just loves to look on just the extreme ends of both spectrums where i just think that it's it's been talked about too much now we finally just need to it's like I'm making a lot of comparisons on this pod, but it's like every football fan, you you have a long enough off season in like the summertime where you start talking yourself into like ridiculous ideas of either your team's somehow a Super Bowl contender or your team's going to win two games that year. And guess what? They're probably not going to do either of those things. They're probably going to be somewhere in the middle of that. So, but when you have nothing to base it off of and you're just, you're, you're, caught up in the hype then you you start getting pulled in these like outrageous directions that probably are not going to really come to fruition oh for and i'm fucking having a tough time it this morning buttery crispy flake buttery crispy flake i did have a couple of game changers last night i had two of those with uh real quick this is very off topic but spencer do you remember the game changers at home team yeah
0: they slap the tits off your body <laughs> yes they uh so it's like they a, make adios motherfuckers look like they're an na bev i i would
1: yes i would agree because i had two of them and i was like on the verge of blacking like i had to come home and drink a cup of coffee because i was trying to stay up for the avalanche game but uh i had a couple of those and then we get sailor jerry's floated on top of them and that is just like what the ultimate bottom of the barrel fucking I, I got like a one single swig. It was just sailor Jerry's cause it's like a frozen drink. So the liquor sits on top, not all the liquor, but some like you can get a floater on top. And I just ripped a shot of sailor Jerry's and I was like, I felt like I was 18 again. It was fucking terrible. Um, but yeah, that's, that was the, the home team scenario. If you're ever out in South Carolina in Charleston, there's a barbecue spot called home team. I'm going to bring it up on my fairway or four a little bit later. Uh, but you have to check out Home Team Barbecue, one of the best barbecue spots. And I I just love Carolina barbecue in general. It's a lot less sauces and a lot more like spices and shit. So if you're into that kind of thing, check out Home Team Barbecue.
0: No free ads, Home Team Barbecue. <laughs> so you're mildly excited about Anthony Kim. There's people out there, obviously, they're very excited. There's people that don't know who he is. Like pretty much, we're kind of the end of golf fans in terms of age that know who he is anybody younger than 26 27 right now they would had to be like nine or ten years old and, and seriously paying attention to professional golf which i highly doubt is the case so Here's some Anthony Kim stats for you. Let me see if he's get you juiced up at all. Just, just to remember. Just, I to, feel
1: like you were gonna give me these stats 15 minutes ago. So yeah, let's get to it.
0: Well, yeah. Until you started fucking fumbling over your words and then talking about game changers at home team, I was. I was ready. All right. All so right, he's won three stats. He's won three times on the PGA Tour. Uh, he's finished sixth in the money list and fourth in the FedEx Cup standings in 2008 eight top 10 finishes, including six top three finishes. He spent 20 weeks inside the world top 10 with a career high of number six after winning the Wachovia championship. That's a fucking back in the day scenario and eight and AT&T national. And he's got 15 career major starts with a third best finish as a third place at the 2010 masters where he finished behind Phil Mickelson and Lee Westwood. So top three, all current live players. It would be insane to think that in 2008, you said, or excuse me, 2010, 13 years from now, the three top finishers at this Masters will be playing in a offshoots golf league around the world in, in Saudi Arabia. Al- an
1: alternate golf league and offshoots golf. <laughs> Some in buck- Saudi Arabia. Iran- of golf league.
0: That's insane. But he also currently still holds the record for most birdies in a round at Augusta National with 11, which wow. is absolutely absurd. And he's got two top 10 finishes in the open championship once in 08 and once again in 2011. So he's also he's won a rider Cup. He's been on a president's Cup. He it, it really is insane. He's got the the University of Oklahoma scoring lowest scoring average record. So he's after you know after that that career right there is a borderline like not it's not a hall of fame career but it's a he's better than he's better than 95% every, of I would world. say the uh, of the people that teed it up in the Mexico Open maybe Tony Finau has had a better career would well, definitely Tony Finau has had a better career than Anthony Kim and you look down the rest of that leaderboard and he's better than everybody there yeah, Add maybe, a career.
1: maybe Matt Kuchar. Did Kuchar play in the Mexico Open? Because there's there's a few veterans, I think, that played in it that are no longer relevant. Um, but I, I see what you're getting at there. I mean, yes, he, he could jump back out on tour and still have had a better career than 95% of the dudes that are out there right now. But I think we should kind of segue this into Taylor Gooch's comments because – we know how se- segregated, separated, whatever, not segregated. I, I don't even know if that's correct, but uh, the two tours are so separate right now. And there's a lot of talent on both, but ultimately we're missing the, you know, the complete product where everybody in the world playing the best golf is playing against each other. So Spencer, do you have that quote on you? Read that off.
0: So the just the one from yesterday or all the dumb shit that Taylor Gooch has said over the past three years?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, throw some of that in there because they can kind of qualify the
0: statement he made yesterday. Okay, so yesterday Taylor Gooch said, oh man, wrong, wrong post. Great <laughs> podcasting coming up here for all of you. Oh my God. We should just. I thought I was there. And then I wasn't there. You're getting there. I'm slowly getting there. Do you want me to try to find it? No, I got it. Okay. We're we're here. I see you scrolling on Twitter. So you're fucking lying to me. I'm not on Twitter. I'm scrolling through our messages here.
1: Oh, okay. Basically, Taylor Gooch said something to the effect of if Rory wins, completes the Grand Slam, and wins a masters and so then he will have won all four majors he says there should be an asterisk asterix next to it um because the a lot of the live players are not in the masters so i mean that kind of it, it, i think it has some legitimacy behind it um but also at the same time you can only beat who's in the field like Look at the guys, you know, 50 years ago that played at Augusta. There was probably legitimately four or five guys in each one of those fields that could have won that week because that's how much less deep those fields were back in the day. But there's no asterisk. Dude, that might be one of the hardest words in the English language for me to get out. Asterisk. There's no asterisk next to a lot of these guys wins because you're legitimately playing the field that, you know that qualified there's nothing you can do about who you're playing against all you can do is beat him so having said that i don't think rory's gonna win a masters ever um i don't think he's gonna complete the grand slam it doesn't matter if he's playing against the fucking augusta putt pitch putt drive chip and putt fucking all-star team like i don't think he's gonna win a masters regardless he's i think mentally he's too much in a pretzel about it and It will go down as one of the biggest like travesties of all time that Rory McIlroy will never have a green jacket, Uh, but I think it's going to happen, honestly. So, Taylor Gooch's comments are a little unfounded to me because we're not even going to have to have that scenario. It's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, well, so here's the exact quote after um, some digging, some serious digging. If Rory Rory McIlroy goes and completes his Grand Slam without some of the best players in the world, there's just going to be an asterisk. It's just the reality. I think everybody wins whenever the majors figure out a way to get the best players in the world there. And clearly, uh, he's talking about himself mostly. And I think there's also some salt in the wound considering that Joaquin Neiman has now been invited to this year's Masters. But as we spoke about on the pod a, a week ago when we found out about Neiman getting invited, Neiman took the steps to go play in other tour events and play outside of the live tour exclusively. And Gooch has not really done that. I think I saw the the tweet. He played in one event in like very Eastern Europe or somewhere over. Maybe he was in Asia somewhere and he got like T-42, in the one event he played outside of the live tour. So for that part of it, that myth is debunked that it was walking Neiman winning on the live tour and being such a good player on the live tour that he got invited. He went and took steps out of his way. And then the best part about quotes like this is all the clever comments from people that, that, and things that people do just on the internet is the internet's a wonderful place. But one of the comments here. And that quote was on Nuclear Golf, who's one of our favorite follows on Twitter. Follow them at N-U-C-L-R-GOLF, all caps. Follow us as well at Big Drive Energy. But Jeff Wartman tweeted, The best players in the world will be there. Taylor Gooch just isn't one of them. (laughs) And then there was a whole Instagram thread from Zyre, which was also hilarious to me. So people... Going to someone's Wikipedia page is one of like the most low-hanging fruits you can do, but also very hilarious. So Shane Bacon just tweeted, or sh- these are some quotes regarding Taylor Gooch's comments. Shane Bacon tweeted, Just realized we got to put an asterisk next to the 97 Masters win and the 2000 U.S. Open win because Taylor Gooch wasn't in those fields either. Sorry, Tiger. And then the Wikipedia page They have his live golf wins with asterisks. And at the very bottom, it says asterisk Rory McIlroy, not in field. And then this tweet that I sent that is now posted as well. Tweeth Mitchell. Taylor Gooch makes a good point. I've been giving him credit for winning live last year, but it turns out most of the top players weren't in those tournaments. So maybe he actually sucks. And then uh, the last one was a Reddit post this would have been such a cool moment if Gooch was in the field and it was Phil Mickelson handing the green jacket over to Tiger Woods about way back in the day. So Taylor Gooch is catching a lot of Pete and rightfully so from the golf heads because he is winning on what many consider an illegitimate tour and he's, but he has been playing some of the best golf in on the planet right now, whether you know, you believe the live Tour is legit or you believe those players are still any good. But this doesn't help his case because he's already made the comment about – he made the comment last year about Ryder Cups and stuff like that where he said with Dustin Johnson and Patrick Reed right next to him, I've never played in a Ryder Cup, but i got to imagine the electricity is somewhere at this level. And like Dustin Johnson's face, if you just look at Dustin Johnson, he's like – yeah. And then he starts trying to look around to try to maybe not laugh. Patrick Reed, even as as scummy as that motherfucker is, he was like, he was like trying to smirk and not laugh. So Taylor Gooch doesn't have a history of making good comments, but he's a guy that the Live Tour needs from that perspective, where he's putting his money where his mouth is and and keeps winning. Was the Player of the Year last year on that tour, and I do believe he sh- they should get into majors at some point. But the the asterisk part of it is going too far. I think your comment was one of the best when you were like, you said it just now, and we're definitely clipping that, but Rory's not going to win the Masters at all. And I fully believe that. And you're like, that that would only be an issue if Rory's actually going to win a green jacket, which he's not going to do. He's going to shoot even or one over on Thursday. He's going to shoot even one under two under make the cut by one or two on friday then saturday he's going to shoot 77 then sunday morning he's going to birdie seven of the first eight holes be like five within the lead and then finish like eight or nine back of the of the eventual winner that's how it's going to go down just like every fucking year
1: he's the king of um being out of contention on sunday at a major and then shooting like a career tying round under par and somehow sneaking into the top 10, but I legitimately don't think he's going to win a masters ever again. So, or ever he hasn't done it. So how can I say again? But uh, yeah, Taylor Gooch, honestly, you know, like Phil Mickelson and a lot of these guys have made a lot of money off of live. Has anybody carried more water for the live tour than Taylor Gooch? Who's a guy that's making significantly less than all these other dudes. Like he's, he's looking, he, he's like the the new um you know fucking first year sales associate that's trying to make a name for himself with corporate so he he goes out of his way to really fucking whatever he can like fucking he he just rides the live tour and i mean like you said the live tour needs guys like that but uh i think a lot of the other dudes like like you said The dustin johnsons and the patrick reeds and shit of the world are looking around they're like yeah i mean we're over here making a lot of money but we're not going to say that we're not going to delegitimize the pga tour and i mean i take that back because they've done a little bit of that but uh yeah taylor gooch is just kind of the heel of the live tour but at the same time i think he's had a lot more success on the live tour than he ever had on the pga tour so uh you know it's just like the perfect home for him i saw one of the tweet replies was uh when they under that video of him talking about like how electric it, the atmosphere was somebody just goes it feels like gooch is the perfect name for this dude <laughs> so
0: he he is a little bit of a taint out there on the on the live tour yeah he's he's speaking more from his gooch than his taylor that's for sure <laughs> and his fucking name is t a l o r like i i'm sorry his parents really fucking set him back with that one yeah um i thought his name was talon gooch the first time i saw it to be completely i
1: I honestly was gonna say i i would almost associate it more to talon than taylor and that's kind of a that name kind of hits though
0: talon gooch yeah uh yeah uh, yeah we'll, we'll fucking cease fire there um let's talk a little bit about ronald rugamaya before we get there though i want to tell you guys about our great friends over at bet 365 we've got some bet 365 picks for you for the cognizant classic this week formerly the honda classic honda one of the three or four sponsors that dropped out of their pga tour sponsorship from last year going into this year still at the same golf course uh there's a lot of good players in this field I wouldn't say it's overly top heavy Rory McIlroy is in this field fresh off his big win at the match on Monday uh, Monday afternoon but bet 365 is the only app we bet golf through you can go in there it gives you the odds for the each way bets just a full disclaimer we have bumped up our each way bets this week to one through twelve because as we talked about on the pod on Monday, we are the kings of finding the guys that just missed the top 10 or they get T10. Now if they get T10 and they we have 1 through 12, we have a better chance of them getting that full payout instead of a uh, payout that's cut into a little bit. So we are going 1 through 12 on each way bets here. Use the code ALLCITY in all caps at BET365. And you can choose between betting $5 and getting $150 in bonus bets or a $1,000 free bet safety net, meaning you can bet up to $1,000 on your first bet. If it loses, you get to take another shot at that same bet or just with that same amount to make your money back and if you win that first bet you've already doubled your value you can cash that baby out put it back into your bank and then you have money on the bet 365 app to play with they also have some great early payout offers Uh, this is a good thing for the AVS when they're rolling if you take AVS money line if they ever get up by three goals at any point it just cashes out the bet so those teams that like to score a lot maple leafs one of them as well You can bet on the Bet365 app and get that early payout offer if your team gets up by three goals, or in the NBA if your team gets up by 20 points. That bet is automatically paid out. So use the code ALLCITY in all caps when you sign up for Bet365 and get your choice of two different offers. must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Also want to talk about our great friends over at Coors Light. If you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube, shouts to you you can see my sick coors light sign in the back if you're not make sure you check us out on youtube big drive energy golf but i got this coors light sign and i've never put it in the podcast and i've never had it displayed uh, i stole it from the basement of the bar it was just some old i think so i was trying to figure out how old it is it's got to be at least like oh three or later because the houston texans are on it so I know for sure that it's at least from there. I thought it was older than that. You but... mean the Oilers? No, the Texans. That's what I'm saying. Oh, the 03 Texans or
1: more, rec- oh more recent. I thought you meant older.
0: No, it's got to be at least newer, more recent than 03. But okay. if you ever need time to chill, Coors Light is the beer for you. It's my favorite beer to order a sixer or of right when we get to the golf course. Goes down easy. Doesn't like make doesn't upset my tummy. Uh, It feels good to drink. It's nice and cool. You can always tell when it's cold enough. If they give you mountains that aren't blue, turn that shit back in, say go to the back of the cooler and get me one with the mountains being blue because Coors Light is the best beer, the best light beer around. Only thing I like to drink on the golf course when I'm trying to have a chill day and not trying to black out at a current scenario, or I know I'm going to be drinking for 10 to 12 hours. Instead of mixing in a water now, it's mixing a Coors Light. So... Make sure you're drinking the Coors Light. Check them out. By far our favorite beer. We're super stoked to have this new partner, new sponsor on because it has been always been one of our favorite beers, but now we just get to tell the world how much we love the Blue Mountains and Coors Light, brewed in Golden, Colorado. Just a short drive from us here in Denver. All right. Yes.
1: So I, had, I actually had about six Coors Lights on the golf course yesterday, so that was great.
0: Were the mountains always blue? Where you keep mountains are always blue no matter what they got the coolers on the carts there right you didn't have yeah to like- they
1: got the you just carry that cooler right in they throw an eight or 12 of the the coolers Light tall boys in there and you're just ready to rock and the tall boys are great too because you can reseal them so you can close them back off and then reopen them and it's just like you got a fresh beer they never get go flat i mean you shouldn't be letting it go flat anyways because it tastes so good you just want to drink it uh but yeah you can reseal it go at your golf shot, crack it back open just brand new beer so good
0: yeah must must have on the golf course is a resealable beer cuz there's nothing worse than being on like the second or third hole and you have a non you have a beer that just has an open can and you hit a bump and then there's beer all over the whole cart for the rest of the round i can't handle that i almost got to get like a fresh wipe and wipe down my my cup holder so when you can reseal it that is the key
1: uh yes 100 resealable we're all adult children out there so anything that we can uh have a closed top on is better off for us
0: yeah exactly and be able to close that that toppy <laughs> make sure it's got top make sure oh you're getting that God. top on the beer. all right let's talk a little bit about ronald arugamayo coming back to uganda after his history making cut uh on the dp world tour last week still awesome for him it was cool to see on the instagram video because they did the uh arches i don't know how to describe it we had that we had to do this for our cousin's wedding who's in the air force and like they did the whole sword scenario where he walked down and then it looks like super medieval Was
1: was it swords yeah oh okay. yes it's like an air force thing i thought they were what are those old school like uh bayonets isn't that what like the gun with like the i
0: don't the, yeah i don't the think there's like the end all of bayonets inside of that church i'm pretty sure pretty well, sure that's swords, a no-go I mean,
1: swords ah. are fucking swords okay. are just as dangerous
0: i thought you're going somewhere else with that no. um but yeah so they they uh he got back to the airport everybody was there to greet him Super awesome feat for him, for the the uh, country of Uganda. I hope when the Olympics roll around, he gets a chance to play. That would be really cool because it's cool for him to just have an entire, not only his family behind him, but an entire country behind him.
1: Right. Well, it, it just is really wild to think that. And I mean, it probably sounds like a privileged comment, but there is countries in this world where with a prominent sport such as golf, where it is an Olympic sport there's certain countries that legitimately still like don't really have golfers and don't golf is not really a thing there like for do you think there's any other sport like that where you i mean you look at soccer you look at any international sport that's played throughout the world and it's pretty much played in every single country you would think but golf is still one of those sports where it is not a thing and it's barrier to entry and all everything like that Um, but yeah, I, I never considered the Olympics. Like how cool would that be if him and a couple other guys were able to go participate and represent their country? Like that would be, that would almost be cooler than winning, uh, like winning a tour event or winning a major, you know, obviously monetarily it's different, but at the end of the day, like representing your country and being able to put Uganda on the map for golf, that's going to be something he'll talk about for the rest of his life. Like nothing can really beat that.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to take away from Jake Knapp's win, but I'm sure Ronald's path to the DP World Tour was a little tougher than Jake's. We saw some more uh, light, Some more info came to light this week, and we talked about him being sponsored by the Anaheim Ducks, and the, the sentence starts out with, the Anaheim Ducks owner, a guy worth billions of dollars, is a member at the same country club as Jake Knapp, and they played together. this wasn't some make a wish story this is you know he's a member at a country club where there's an owner of a professional sports team that's also a member so not taking anything away from jake knapp team pxg shout out to him still one of the smoothest swings on the tour that we've seen in years and effortless ball speed but very different starting point for ronald rugamayo and jake knapp for sure and we talked about it you know the ucla product etc not taking anything away from his win but Ronald, I guarantee it meant more for Ronald Rugamayo to make the cut or uh, Joe Dean to make €170,000 after bagging groceries than a nightclub bouncer that was probably just working that job to pick up chicks, let's be real.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. He just liked the way he looked in that staff shirt that they give all the bouncers. He's like, this really I, makes my arms
0: pop. So I'm- I will say, dude, he the picture that we sent that you talked about, um where it it had him you know tour rebound and it was when he signed with the anaheim ducks and made it from the corn prairie to he looks haggard dude i don't know if it's the mustache or what but he doesn't look near as good as he looked this past weekend i'll fully admit when a dude looks good and he looked like a rocket this weekend but the the him with just a mustache and like full smile he didn't look near as near as appetizing it's not yeah the right word but you no
1: i i would agree with you um yeah, he's definitely a little bit—I uh, I don't know, man. I, you know, whatever you're into, but not my my cup of tea. He wouldn't be on my Valentine's list for the PGA Tour, but he—he's very muscular, so I'll give him that. He's got the—he's got the muscles going. He's got that athletic, you know, uh, vascular look—the new term that Marissa taught me. So can't knock the guy, but yeah, I mean the the difference is night and day in a, a dude coming from Uganda, where golf literally does not exist um, to making a cut on the biggest tour in Europe relative to this kid going to one of the most expensive, finest colleges in the world. And then, you know, he has to work a side gig while he's getting his start in professional golf and then makes it out on tour. So definitely gives you a little bit of perspective about, these, and it just gives you perspective on America. I mean, how privileged we all are like any come up you have in America is easier than a come up in Uganda. Like, let's just be real. It's you, you've got a lot more advantages just being born right here in America and a lot more opportunities. So I don't want to dive too deep into that, but I think we're all just very lucky um, to have the opportunities that we've had. And I'm sure, you know, that Jake Knapp, Acknowledges that too. And it's more of just the media wanting to lean into, uh, you know, having a feel good story. They want to pick out a feel good part of every single story uh, out of everybody's story. So I, I don't think it's as much on Jake Knapp as it is on the tour for just like leaning into that story.
0: Oh, 100%. The man's just trying to win golf tournaments. Now he's done it. He's going to be playing in the Masters. Excited to see that golf swing at Augusta National. Real quick, let's get into... I'll uh, read off our picks for this week. Once again, Cognizant Classic, formerly the Honda Classic. We've got Eric Cole. Uh, I'm just going to be like copy-paste every week. Either Eric Cole or Doug Gim. I feel like. That's where I'm at at this point. He actually lost here in a playoff last year. So... That was He was that close to his first tour win. Maybe he gets it this week. So he is plus 2,300, and that's boosted uh, on the each way, 1 through 12. Adam Svensson, he is plus 2,800 on the each way, 1 through 12. And Lee Hodges, plus 8,000 each way, 1 through 12. Once again, Rory McElroy in this field, very high favorite. Last time I checked on the Bet365 app, he was plus 800 to win the event, plus plus seven or 800. So... He's the standout here, but this course, uh, this is one of the tougher. If uh, I think I saw the second toughest course in terms of score in relation to par on the entire PGA Tour. So another week where we'll have a winner, I'm guessing, between 8-under and 12-under. Uh, going to be a lot tougher to make birdies. There's going to be a, a lot of high numbers out there. Cut might even be over par this week. But I'm rolling with my guy Eric Cole, Adam Svensson, and Lee Hodges.
1: All right. I, I don't mind those picks. Um, so I got Shane Lowry. I got him at plus 2200 and really like with the amount of wind that they have every year at this tournament, I do like the, uh, the odds of having some European tour guys. some you know, some guys from across the pond um, on my card because they know how to control their ball in the wind. So Shane, Low- Shane Lowry, my God, Uh, plus 2,200. Sammy Volomachy, plus 8,000. Obviously coming off a very good week last week. He knows how to travel. He knows how to get it done. That ball flight, the putter, like everything about the dude. And he's just hot right now. Like, why not ride a hot hand? So, plus 8,000 to win, and then each way, 1 through 12, will pay you out. Um, And then Gary Woodland. Um, I just think he's kind of due to have a good week. He's back off of uh, you know, his scare that he had his health scare last year. Um, and it feels like he's trending in the right direction. So I saw him plus 7,000. I figured I'd take a flyer on him. I just
0: like it. Well, this, this has been the year of flyers on the PGA tour. So we're hoping, you know, before the masters, I want to get one before the masters. And then I want to, I want to have the masters winner on our card this year. That's, that's my big goal. Uh, players is coming up. That's also the fifth major good tournament to get a winner on, but I'm, I feel on. I feel one coming up on this little floor to swing here. All right, before we get out of here for the week, let's get to our favorite segment of Fairway or Four. Fairway or four is we give you a scenario that's either happened in our lives or we have noticed. you If you agree with our take on it, you say fairway. If you don't agree, it's four. Uh, do you want to start us off this week, Mitchell? You said you had one regarding um, the home team
1: uh, barbecue. Yes. Barbecue. All right. That's, um, it, that's it. So I had wings last night at, uh, at home team barbecue, and they have smoked wings that they do like a uh, a dry rub on. And it really got me thinking because they were some of the best wings I've legitimately ever had. And I've had them there before, and I just forgot how good they were. But I, think grilled or smoked wings are better than fried wings and you can tell me if that's a fairway or a four but i just i'll you love it yes 100
0: fairway for me i grilled wings smoked wings i'm not a big fan of a bunch of the you know excess skin or excess batter if you will on a wing i actually am even i'll even go more sicko mode on my wing preference but I don't even like my wings with sauce on them. I'd rather dip them myself. I'd rather just get a dry rub wing. No, you can have seasoning on it sometimes. If a place has got a really good dry rub seasoning, I'll order it. But overall I'm a get my wings just cooked correctly. And then I'll take four or five sauces. I even order the extra, pay for the extra sauce. And then I get to have like four different types of wings. I'm a variety guy, big variety guy.
1: you're You're the king of the naked
0: wing. King of the Naked Wing 100%. That's that's the best way to go and grilled is great, smoked is great. Uh, fried is okay, but like I said it's it's not a lot of that extra batter and and bites of chicken that aren't actually chicken. When they're grilled or smoked, you're getting just straight chicken in your face.
1: Exactly, dude. They they were the best wings I've ever had and that's that is a hill I will die on is grilled smoked wing. Grilled or smoked wings are better than fried wings. 100%.
0: All right, my fairway for this week, I think, is a little bit of a pander to the crowd uh, to to vote fairway. But I think playing music out loud anywhere, no matter where you are, other than in your own car, in public is rude. I got into the sauna yesterday, and this dude had his phone, no AirPods in, was playing music. And there's like six people in there. And he's just holding his phone. And I'm pretty sure he wasn't deaf. So he could hear it, and everyone else could hear it and i was like i wanted to say something I, you know i'm a little less combative when my shirt and shoes are off you know it's not as i'm not in more of a compromised
1: position at that point
0: (laughs) yeah exactly i was coming from a place of not power but i was like i wanted to be like really dude are you're really gonna do this with six other people in this sauna we're all just trying to chill take a moment no cooler's light in there unfortunately but you're all just trying to chill in the sauna and this guy's just has his tunes out loud playing and yeah. i'm uh, i'm off board i don't even care if you're walking down the street i think that's fucking rude i almost want to like go to an airport and steal a bunch of like the free headphones from like a i don't even think they do that anymore but there's been a flight in the last year and a half that i've taken that had headphones maybe it was the flight to london last year but i want to take a bunch of those and just like hand them to people and just yeah. just passive aggressively like i love to do just like i love to be in life and just hand it to them and just walk past them
1: see i don't mind the like on the street like if you're just walking by people and they're playing music or whatever i don't really care but if you're like sitting next to somebody for a prolonged period of time you know if, if you're out in your own world on the street like walking by people and you've got something playing whatever but then Yeah, if you're sitting in a sauna in a controlled area with other people and you just decide to play music or anything out loud or you're talking on speakerphone um, on a phone call, then, yeah, that's 100% Like That is the rudest possible thing you could do.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll make it a little more golf-centric. Fairway or four, the golf course is the only place that playing your own music out loud publicly is acceptable. Yes. Yeah, I I would say fairway on that. Love it. Fairway just like none of my t shots. All right. That wraps it up for us for this week. Enjoy the Cognizant Classic. Enjoy Live Golf Jetta, Anthony Kim's return. All excited to see and talk about it on Monday. Make sure you're following us on all the socials at Big Drive Energy on TikTok and twitter at big drive energy pod on instagram check out our youtube channel at big drive energy golf make sure to hit us with a thumbs up if you're watching this Uh, hit us with some comments we're always excited to read the comments when we're doing a live show we'll talk to you guys on monday have a great weekend it's already march that means the players that means major season is coming up we're only one month away from it we're excited get excited have a good weekend peace